The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, Great to have you with us today on Palm Sunday. Uh, we had a great Sunday last week. It was our ministry fair, and uh, but we had a monsoon that hit uh, during the first service. I literally stopped preaching and went, what is that? And uh, it was the rain outside. It was, it was unbelievable. We had a great time, though. Uh, a lot of people uh, got to check out all the different ministries uh, here at Coastal and uh, sign up to serve, uh, which is uh, what we're talking about in this series, Be the Church. Uh, speaking of being the church, one other thing I want to bring to your attention uh, this morning. Hey, by the way, if you're watching us online, uh, today, welcome as well. We're glad that you're tuning us in. We have a growing uh, service, uh, watches us online each and every week. Uh, inside your bulletin is also a little catalog today. Uh, it is our Summer of Impact catalog. We're really excited about this. Uh, this ba- Summer of Impact uh, is basically kind of like uh, Saturday serve, except for on steroids. Uh, it is awesome. Uh, it is the entire month of June where we open up a big old can of love on Charleston. And uh, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. And if you'll take a moment, you're not necessarily signing up today. We don't have a table in the back. It's not on your connect card, but kind of like life group Sunday or the week before that, we give you the catalog to go ahead and start perusing and checking out. Actually, you can sign up online. Uh, Just go to our website slash forward slash outreach. And uh, this, this catalog and your ability to sign up for any and all of these events and opportunities to serve our community over the month of June. And then beginning next weekend for Easter weekend, we'll have a tent outside with tables, with sign-up lists where you can sign up there, you can sign up on your Connect card, and you can sign up online. Uh, the heart of our church is serving our community, being the hands and feet of Jesus, and the month of June is an opportunity for us to really pull out all the stops and love our city and our community. So check that out. All kinds of cool things. And like Ryan said, please, 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 on your way out, uh, pick up uh, yards. Anybody see a yard sign today or this weekend? Saw yard signs? Okay, they're all over the place. That's great. Um, if you're a HOA, we apologize. <laughs> um, but uh, pick, up, uh, pick up some yard signs. Pick up the postcards. Postcards get mailed out this week, but we have a bunch of extra ones back there in the back. And after this week, we don't need them. So pick them up. Tickets in your seat, bo- uh, in the seat in front of you, also back there in the table. Hey, also I want to thank everybody who brought supplies. Uh, this, was, this was from last week as well, uh, serving Oakland. Elementary school, and you went to that booth and you saw some needs, and you already brought a bunch of stuff. Uh, that is so so awesome. Uh, again, happy Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday is traditionally the beginning of Holy Week for Christians all around the world. Uh, it is the uh, the day that we celebrate Jesus's triumphant entry into Jerusalem, uh, just five days before Good Friday the day that he was crucified. So let's talk about that for a moment. Talk about that day. Uh, Let me set the scene for you. Um, Word basically had spread all around about all the miracles that this man Jesus had been performing. Uh, Word about his great teaching had spread, said things and shared things no one had ever heard before. And so now he's coming into Jerusalem. And so this is the scene. Jesus is riding in Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, and a large crowd is gathering, and it basically turns into a parade, okay? Everybody's excited. They're yelling out his name, Jesus, Jesus, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, you got to keep in mind something, though. 
These same people who on Palm Sunday are yelling his name, cheering his name in celebration, are the same ones who on Friday, just five days later, are shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Crowds can be very fickle, can't they? Matthew 21, verse 8 says this. Most of the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of Jesus, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And that's how we get the name Palm Sunday, because of the imagery here, people cutting palm branches off a tree and then laying them on the path, on the road, to create this path for Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem. And then it says this. He was in the center of the procession, and the crowds all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was stirred as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Man, the the excitement is palpable. Palm Sunday uh, is a day of hope. You know, that they, they put their hope in Jesus as the one who was going to come and set them free from the oppression of the Roman Empire. Now, back in this time in the first century, Israel was under Roman rule. And let me tell you, it was no walk in the park. It wasn't easy. It was hard. And so they were hoping that Jesus would be that, that political, that military leader that finally was going to set them free. But... The problem was, is that Jesus didn't come to be a political leader or a military leader. He came to offer them and us an even greater hope. The hope of being set free from our sin. He came to bring hope to the entire world. Hope to you and me. The hope of eternal salvation. The hope of having a life of of purpose and meaning. and The hope of God. Now the truth is, we all need hope. You know, hope is one of those, uh, those necessary elements of life. I mean, there are some things in life that uh, you cannot do without, right? At least you can't go very long without. For instance, food. How long can you live without food? Now, I know some of you didn't have breakfast, and you were running late, and the the cafe line was long, and you didn't get food, and your stomach is growling, and you feel like you are starving to death. You're not, okay? You're not starving to death. Uh, But we we actually know that you can live about 40 days without solid food. Uh, Jesus himself and other people have fasted for 40 days. How about water? How long can you live without water? Studies show about three days, 72 hours. We need water. We actually need water more than we need food because our bodies are made up mostly of, of water. Anybody, uh, anybody know what these are? Yeah, here we go. Okay. What, what are these? What are they called? Peeps. These are seasonal Easter candy called peeps. Does anybody like these things? Okay, I think they're nasty. <laughs> I mean, uh, and now I, fo- I found out they're actually flavor. They have different flavors. Uh, so how long can I go without peeps? The rest of my life, okay? But I saw, uh, you, know, you know, Griffin got baptized today, and so there you go. Those are for the... Uh, I saw them raise their line, but they're awful. Actually, I felt so bad about giving away peeps that I had to get Primo candy, too. So uh, (laughs) these are Reese's. 
has anybody had these things yet? Like Reese's, Reese's eggs. Oh my gosh. And somebody already put their hand up over there because they're like, they know that the, wow, oh my gosh. Okay, I probably threw that a little bit too far. Um, what about Oreo eggs? Here we go, Michelle. Okay, I don't know if this is the best for last. Caramel Cadbury eggs. Okay, there you go. Now you're all coming back to the second service, aren't you? Okay. Um, you probably can't live very long without those things. How about that? That's the tie-in. Now, how about this little thing? How long can you live without this? Some of you, not very long, okay? You're like, oh, my smartphone, i got to get that out right this second. Um, what about air? How long can you live without breathing? Everybody take a deep breath. I'm just joking. We're not going to do that. Um, but we're told your body can survive about, uh, about eight minutes without oxygen. But let me ask you this. How long can you live without hope? I think the answer is not one moment. You can't live without hope. You know, we need hope to, to cope with all of the stuff that life throws at us. You know, hope is not just something you need when you're in trouble or when you're facing problems or when you feel like you're, you're drowning. You need hope every moment. Some of you in this room, some of you watching, you've had a really tough year. You lost a job. You're struggling financially. Some of you have been through a bad breakup. Some of you got a really bad diagnosis from the doctor. Or maybe in the last year you lost someone that you loved a great, great deal. And you need hope. And listen, the people in your life need hope too. Because the people in your life who don't know Jesus, you know what they're placing their, their hope in? They're placing their hope in things that don't last. I mean, what's your alternative? You know, they're, they're placing their hope maybe in their bank account, in their job, a career, relationships. In other words, they're just placing their hope in things that are, that are temporary. We all need hope, but where do you find it? Well, I want us to talk a little bit about that today. Hope, real and lasting hope, can only be found in one place. Hebrews 10.23 puts it this way. Without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. God is the ultimate source of hope. It's not a political uh, party, not a presidential candidate, not a bank account, not a job or a person. A personal relationship with God is our source of hope. And so as we wrap up this series that we've been in called Be the Church, I think it's important that we know that as a church, you know, we are God's chosen means of taking that hope to a lost and broken world. We are the only organization, the only group that Jesus left behind to communicate God's love to a world who desperately needs it. And that means, what that means is, when we're really 
being the church, when we are doing what the church is supposed to be doing, the church is the hope of the world. And so that's what I want us to talk a little bit about today on Palm Sunday. How the church, how as the church, God has this incredible mission for us. How we are his hope for the world. And it's through the church, it's through Coastal, it's through you, it's through me, that God gives a hope that people can't find from anywhere else or from anyone else. You know, it's so easy to look at the problems that you have and think, you know, if, if I only could blank, you know, if only X, Y, and Z would happen, well, then my problems would go away. You know, my, my, my problems would be solved. The anxiety would go away. Everything would be all right. If only I had a different job. If only I had some more money. If only that, I had that special person in my life. If only I didn't have to deal, you know, with that particular illness. But listen, your greatest source of hope, it's not a new job. It's not a bigger bank account. It's not even a miraculous cure to a disease. Because all those things are only temporary. They don't last. Your greatest source of hope, both now and forever, is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, who never changes and who never lets you down. The God who loves you. The God who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin and mine. You see, the Bible says that God is perfect. But unfortunately, you and I are not perfect. We've all sinned, we've all blown it, we've messed up, we've fallen short for what God wants for us. And because God is perfect and we're not, the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. It separates us from his peace, from his presence, from his power in our life. It separates us from being able to go to heaven. It separates us from God for all eternity. In fact, the Bible actually says that we are dead in our sin because we're separated from God and life seems hopeless. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus gave his life for us on the cross. The Bible says that, that he took the punishment for our sin. He took the punishment for our crimes so that we could be forgiven. And on Easter Sunday morning, he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death. And that's why we celebrate Easter. That's why we celebrate every Sunday. Because through Jesus' sacrifice, through his resurrection, you and I can have a personal relationship with God. We can have eternal life. Because of Easter, you can have purpose for living. Because of Easter, because of Jesus, you can face any struggle that you're dealing with in this life, on this side of eternity, with hope. Because your eternity is secure. That's salvation. Now for some of you, maybe, just possibly, today is the day that you need to make that decision. Not your spouse, not your parents, but you. Where you get right with God. Where you receive His hope. A hope that cannot be taken away from you. Where you cross the line of faith, where you admit that you're, where you humbly admit that you're a sinner, that you've blown it, and that you need a Savior, Jesus. And you ask Him to come into your life and to forgive you. And if you haven't done that today at the end of the service, I want to I step you through that. 
But I want you to hear something loud and clear. God's ultimate plan is to do more than just offer you hope. His plan is bigger than just offering you and me and the church hope. You see, once you become a believer, once you're a follower of Jesus, God wants to use you and me then to offer that hope to people who are without hope. And so listen, if you've made the decision, if you're, if you're in this room, if you're watching and you've made the decision to follow Jesus, then one of the greatest expressions of the hope that you have in Christ is sharing that hope with other people. That's his radical plan. And so today, on the Sunday before Easter, I want us to look at just two very, very simple steps of how we can share the hope that we have with the people that are surrounding us, the people in our life, where we live, work, and play. Here's step number one, first step. Number one, ask God to use me. Ask God to use me. We talked a little bit about this last week. You know, this is probably the most dangerous prayer that you can ever pray. God, use me. It's, it's dangerous because when you pray, God, use me, guess what? God's going to use you because he's actually waiting. He wants to use you. He's waiting for you to ask to be used. Jesus actually shared this radical plan in his final words to his disciples. Today, we call it the Great Commission. Matthew 28, listen to this. Then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? What's he say? Go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. By the way, wasn't that awesome? that We got to witness somebody doing that today. Get baptized today. Isn't that great? That is great. And listen, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, that's your next step. Let me stop right there. Maybe that's your next step. We talked about this yesterday in our membership class. Guess what? Jesus is the Lord. He is the commander. He was baptized, and he told us to get baptized. So what are you waiting on? What's your excuse? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you do what he says. This is our outward expression of our faith, where we go public with our faith. So, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the way, you can sign up on your Connect card to do that, too, though. Any Sunday, any service. Next weekend, we got five. Pick one. Now, and surely, in teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want you to do something for me. Circle the word go back there. Therefore, go and make disciples. This is God's plan. This is it. It's for you and me to go. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, you, you are God's plan A to share the hope of Christ with the people in your life who are living without hope. And guess what? He doesn't have a plan B. You're it. God says, you know what? I've got a lady at your office who's going through a divorce. She is discouraged and without hope. Who will go for me and encourage her? 
God says there's a single mom living in your apartment building, and this month she can't pull enough money together to buy groceries for her kids. Who will go for me and help her in that situation? God says, hey, that guy that you play basketball with every week, you know, on the outside, he looks fine. But let me tell you something. On the inside, he is empty. He is drowning. He is without hope. He is thinking about giving up. Who will go for me and invite them to church so maybe, just maybe, he can meet me and know Jesus? You see, listen to me. You are God's plan A for that person in your life. And there is no plan B. You may be the only follower of Jesus that your coworker, your neighbor, or even your family member ever knows. And if you don't love them, if you don't share your story, share your faith, and invite them to church, who's going to? The question is, what's going to be your response? I mean, is it going to be the normal excuses? Well, I just don't have the time. I don't know enough. Surely, some, you know, God's going to pick somebody else to help this person. Or... God, use me. I want to be used by you. There's so many ways that God can use you, but the most important way that you can invest your life and be used by God is for you and I to help somebody else connect with Jesus. Listen, you know, I, I look at this, this long list of things for the month of June, Saturday serve that we do all the time. You know what this is God doing? He's saying, who will go for me? Who will be the hands and feet of Jesus? Listen to how the Apostle Paul put it in Acts 20, 24. But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. Now, what's the work? What's the task? The work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. Paul is saying, you know what? I'm missing the point of life. My life is worth nothing if I'm not helping somebody get the same hope that I have. Think about it this way. There are only two things that you won't be able to do in heaven. Only two. The first one is sin. Because the Bible says that heaven is a perfect place. There's no sin. But the other thing that you cannot do in heaven is this. You're not going to be able to share your faith with those that you care about who don't know Christ. It's just going to be too late. You only get to do that now. Right now, in fact, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about your circle of influence, okay? Where you live, work, and play. We use that phrase all the time. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, the people that God has put in your life who don't know Jesus. What are their names? I want you to picture their faces in your mind right now. Do you know that without Jesus, the Bible says that they are going to spend all of eternity separated from God, in a real place of eternal darkness and punishment. But the Bible says that God also loves them so much. And not only did he send his one and only son Jesus for them, but get this, 
He put you in their life for a reason. You know that coworker who sits next to you? You know that you know doesn't go to church? You know that neighbor who gets your mail periodically when you're out of town or maybe brings their kids by, you know, for Halloween or that you wave to several times a week? who aren't connected to the church. You know that, that classmate that you sit, sit next to in second period who's so funny, but you know they don't know God? That friend who doesn't have a church family? Listen, I don't believe that you are in their life by accident. I think it was divine intervention that God put you where you live where you work. Listen, you stop complaining about your coworkers. You're there for a reason. And if you can't share your faith, if you can't share your story, then quit. And let's pray God puts a believer there who can do it. Stop complaining about where you live and your neighbors. You're, you're God's plan A. You get to be the one who shows them the love of Jesus. You can help change their eternity. You get to be a light to bring them out of darkness. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to imagine what could happen in their life if they came with you over Easter weekend to one of our five services for Easter. You imagine what an eternal difference it could make in their life if you would just pray, God, use me. Use me to bring that person to Easter with me. Use me to bring the hope of Jesus into their life. It all starts with you praying, God, use me. Would you do that? Let me tell you something. I was 13 years old. My parents were separated, headed for a divorce. My dad died. We had, we had long stopped going to church. And a friend that I went to school with invited me to church. They came by and picked me up every Sunday, brought me to church. It changed my life. I gave my life to Jesus. And let me tell you something. You're here today because of that invitation. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out, I want you to take a few moments right now. I want you to take out your connect card. Take it out right now. And I want you to write down the names of the people in your life that you know who don't go to church, as far as you know, they don't have a personal relationship with God. Write their names down. If you don't feel comfortable writing you know, their whole name, you just write their first name. Think of your friends. Think of the people that you love hanging out with. That coworker who sits next to you or across the hall. That neighbor, that classmate. Think about those people that you see. You think about that family member that you say you love so much and, and, and you would like more than nothing than to give them an opportunity to come to know Jesus. You think about that guy that you see at the gym every week. You think about the parent that you see when you pick up your children in that car rider line. The reason I want you to write their names down is this, is because our pastors, our staff, and our prayer team are going to be praying for you and praying for them by name this week. We're going to invite that you're going to, we're going to pray that you're going to invite them. We're going to pray that, that, that they're going to re respond. We're going to pray that you're going to be a link in the chain of those people coming to know Jesus. So, the first way to share my hope is to pray, God, use me. Here's number two, and it's just as simple. Boldly invite your friends to Easter at Coastal. 
boldly invite. Have you noticed how boldly and comfortably we could talk to our friends and people around us, strangers, about almost anything in our life except for Jesus and the church? I mean, we'll talk about the craziest things. I mean, I've seen some of you. You get on Facebook, you'll boldly proclaim your opinion about something. You know, you'll argue your opinion about politics or about sports. But when it comes to talking to somebody that you know about your faith, just sharing your story, you know, or inviting them to church, we clam up. We hold our tongues even when God gives us a clear opportunity. But I want to share something with you today. There's no reason to do that. In fact, that's why Paul wrote these words in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the what? What does he say? It is the power of God. Underline that phrase, power of God. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, Jews first and also Gentiles. Paul says, basically, that when we share our faith, when we share our story, when we talk about Jesus, that the power of God is activated. It is not. It's not the power of Pastor Chris. It's not the power of persuasion. It's not the power of having the right words to say. It's not your power. It's the power of God. And when you share the good news with somebody, let me tell you something. God's power is activated. Do you know what that means? That means you can be bold. That means you can be bolder when you talk about your faith and invite somebody to church because that's when God's power is strongest in you. You don't have to be afraid. What's the worst that could happen? God is there with you. And you know what? This is awesome. You ready for this? We have the greatest opportunity of the year this week to invite people, our coworkers, our friends, our classmates, our family who don't know Jesus to come to Easter with us. But it seems like all the time Satan gives us these excuses as to why we shouldn't do it, as why we shouldn't talk about our faith or invite them to church. You know, well, if I invite them, they're just going to say no. You know, or, or, or they'll say yes, and then they're not going to show up, and it'll be awkward. You know, or I'll say something, and there's going to be this awkward silence, and I'm just not going to know what to say. Or they're going to laugh at me. They're going to think I'm some sort of religious nut. Some of you are nuts. You know, they already think it. Listen. That's not what your friends are thinking. First of all, you know what most of them are thinking? They're wondering what they're going to do for Easter anyway. They are. They're trying to make plans. You know what most of them want to do? They want to go to brunch, Easter brunch. Everybody wants to go to Easter brunch. Invite them to the Three C's Cafe right here. It's free, and then you bring them to church. You know? Listen, they're, they're wondering what Easter is all about and they're going to be touched that you cared enough about them to invite them to come and see for yourself. And by the way, they've actually done research on this. Your friends are far more likely to come to church with you on Easter weekend than any other weekend of the year. In fact, they say that eight out of every ten people that are invited end up going with a friend to church on Easter. 
You know, that's why we have these tickets we've been giving away. That's why we got those yard signs. You know, that's why we got these postcards. You know what they are? They're just all tools. That's it. They're tools for you to invite your friends to come with you. In fact, again, on your way out today, stop by the back table, pick up signs, pick up postcards, pick up tickets, because after this week, they're no good. And then just pray. God, if you'll put 100 people in front of me this week, I'll invite 100 people. Because I want to be used by you. Give them to your neighbors. Put them out on your desk. When you go out to eat this week, when they bring the check, you know, leave it in your tip, you know, for the waiter. That is, if you tip, you know, if you don't tip, don't invite them, okay? Because you're mean and nasty and they don't like you and you need to mature in your faith, okay? You know, but whatever you do, you know, do whatever you got to do because between now and Easter, let me tell you something, God's putting some people in your life who are waiting on you to invite them. 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16 says it like this. And if you are asked about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But do it in a gentle and respectful way. You know, why? Why Why are we so ashamed? Why are we so timid? I mean, mean, do you not believe the hope that we have? Do you not believe that one day God is either going to call you home or he's coming back? The sky is going to split, the trumpet is going to sound, and every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Man, you either believe that or you don't. You know, why are we so timid to invite the people in our lives who are lost without hope? Who are going to spend eternal life separated from God? Why are we so slow to... You know, to reach out to people. The church. This is plan A. We are the hope of the world. Listen, the church is not a building. We know that. You know that, right? The church is you. The church is me. And we're God's plan. His hope for people in their lives to connect with Him. You know, we kicked off this series a few weeks ago with Jesus' words about the church. And I think it's appropriate that we wrap up this series with these same powerful words. Matthew 16, 18, listen to this. I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Listen, the powers of hell are trying to conquer and defeat the church. Just as they tried to defeat Jesus on the cross, and on Good Friday, let me tell you something, it looked like they had won. It looked like all hope was gone. All hope was lost, but Easter Sunday was coming. Easter Sunday was coming, and through his resurrection, Jesus, because he rose from the dead, because it was witnessed by hundreds of people, it was recorded in human history, Jesus defeated the grave, he defeated sin, he defeated death. And the Bible says that that same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that is alive today in the church, right here and right now, in you and in me, as we share the hope with the world. And that is why the church is still the hope of the world. So will you pray? Will you invite? 
And then what about you? Are you right with God? Are you? We are all sinners in need of a Savior. And one's already been provided. All the work's been done. It's just up to you whether or not you'll receive him. Just admit it. Admit you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And then ask. Put your faith and trust in the only one who was ever perfect, the only one who could pay the price for your sin and mine. And just receive him. You can do it today. And listen, there are people all around and they are hurting. You know, just, just Friday, I did a funeral for a 22-year-old young man who killed himself. And you tell me people aren't hurting? They don't feel hopeless? The church, you and me, we're the hope of the world. Who will you pray for? Who will you invite? Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, just thank you for the hope that we do have. God, I don't, I don't, I don't have to put my hope in anything that this world has to offer. And yet, God, sometimes we scramble and we chase after the things of this world. Father, forgive us. Father, there's nothing this world has to offer that's going to last, that's going to make one ounce of difference in the life to come. But God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what he accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you, thank you. God, thank you that I have purpose for life here and now. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. And thank you for the hope of heaven. And Father, I pray that Coastal Community Church, we would be the church you called us to be. God, that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus, that we would go. And God, it's so easy today, it's so simple. Right where we live, work, and play, there are people who don't know you, people who are lost, people who are hurting. And God, I pray this week we would pray collectively, use me. Open our eyes and our hearts to see people, to see circumstances the way you do. And then God, I pray that we would have the boldness, we would have the power that's available to us, and we would invite, we would share, we'd reach out, we'd love, we'd serve, we'd give. We'd bring somebody. Because you just never know when they come and they see the love and the community that's found here, when they hear the good news of the gospel, when their heart is stirred and they give their life to Jesus and they are forever changed, God, thank you that we get to be a part of that. We pray right now, God, we, we're going to work this week, we're going to share, we're going to invite, like it all depends on us, and then we're, we're going to pray, God, we're going to beg, we're going to ask that you would draw people here to yourself, like it all depends on you, and then God, we're just going to walk by faith, we're going to trust you, and we're going to celebrate what you do in our midst. Thank you. We love you. We pray all these things today.
In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.